Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 98. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I am a full-time RVer, aka digital nomad, that has lived and worked in all 48 states and easily traveled more than 75,000 miles since 2017. I'm currently working on a 240-acre homestead in Oklahoma, and in my free time, I publish two magazines, Rootless Living, for again, those full-time RVers, and RV Today, for just anyone that owns an RV or wants to own an RV. I would love to have you as a subscriber to either magazine, so head over to rootlessliving.com or rvtoday.com, grab your subscription, and help us continue to publish these amazing magazines. Now, on today's episode, I have a great conversation with Christina, and we get into what it's like being part-time rootless with the goal of going full-time in the near future. We also get into creating a foodie blog while on the road. I'm starting to get hungry all over again thinking about this interview. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Christina to the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. Where in the world are you right now? I am in Florida at um, Hannah City Park Campground in Jacksonville. Nice. Um, Now, there is no wrong answer to this question, um, but what do you consider yourself? Full-time, part-time, sometime? I am definitely a part-timer at the moment, wishing to be full-time. That's the goal. When did uh, part-time start for you? It started probably for like a lot of people. I mean, I was definitely a weekend warrior, um, diehard tenter, (laughs) and then we finally got an RV, and then... We, when COVID hit, we were able to hit the road a lot more. Nice. And what are you currently traveling in? I am traveling in a Coachman Expedition. It's about 21 feet. Nice. And who travels with you? Spouse, partner, kids, pets? What do you got going on? Uh, my husband. Nice. Just a husband. You It's so bored. <laughs> I, you know what's so funny? I have a lot of times where people mention the pets before they mention a spouse or a kid. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, I would love to have a travel cat, to be honest. Oh, I I don't. My roommate does. I know that sounds terrible. Yeah, she has two cats, and um, they're nice. I I really feel like they keep down on the the mice in the rig, and if if one one gets in, then they like to play with it for a little while, which is always fun. Right? All right, so let's go back to before, you know, you were able to get into this part-time. I love that you're a weekender. I love that you brought up tenting because that is my background before I went full-time. Okay. I've never been in an RV before. I'd done real camping. Like when people say, oh, yeah. Damon, you're camping for a living. I'm like, no, nah, I've been camping. It doesn't include a TV that goes up and down and a fireplace inside of the tent. So mm-hmm. this isn't it. So let's go back to that. Where were you living? What were you doing? And uh, let's just talk uh, about kind of your previous life. Yeah. So, um, I home base is Michigan. Um, so I mean, I love that you said real camping cause I was very, <laughs> that's what I considered it. Uh, so we would go tenting up by the Asabo. It's like really foresty, you know, like no, no amenities or anything like definitely diehard camping. And it's funny cause my husband really wanted to get an RV and I was like, no, that's camp cheating. That's crazy. Never, never. <laughs> like, Are you kidding? And so finally, when we were able to go out a little more, you know, I mean, you just feel really dirty and stuff. And he's like, well, if we get an RV and I was like, I promise I'll just go look, but that doesn't mean we're getting one. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just really gung ho on that. And of course we went in and I found this 
cute little mini little guy mini max uh teardrop and i was like well you know it's like the size of a tent i'm that might you know work for us so we got that and then once we started going out more realized that a teardrop is a terrible idea for two people mm. especially when you go out for a while so we had that for about a year and then that's when we upgraded to what we have now and honestly i would probably go tenting if i did like a hike and like a hike in hike out type of thing but i am a sucker for the rv now <laughs> no it, it definitely it definitely changes you i've been talking a lot lately yeah. about how even when i have to fly to travel i would i would love to invest into like just a van that i you know just use for like a straight shoot if i have to go 18 hours fine couple rest stops couple overnights but i'd much rather do that than fly nowadays which is crazy oh but, yeah definitely yeah. i haven't flown like in four years it's crazy yeah <laughs> don't it's absolutely the worst experience in the world now i don't know why it's so bad but um so <laughs> where did the idea of i mean right now you're living kind of a hybrid life uh you're, mm -hmm. you're traveling but you still got the home base which you know i mean there's this argument about like part-time full-time which is hysterical to me because i know some of the the bigger you know content creators they all have a home base now. I mean, I don't really know one that's like completely with nowhere to go and they're still consider themselves full-time RVers. So, you know, I mean, I work 40 hours a week mm -hmm. and I consider myself full-time employee or, you know, working for myself kind of a thing, but there's still 80 other hours. And so why is, right. why is that full-time? Why isn't I, you know, I'm not working full-time and I'm only working part-time of my hours that I have in a week. So, but what, made you decide to, you know, kind of split it up? Um, well, we split it up because like when my husband has meetings and stuff and he's remote right now and he has done for like the last three years and I'm, we're kind of hoping that's what it's going to be. And part of it is my current job. Um, cause I have clients that I take on my hairstylist. So mm. we're able to work it where we can go out for like six, seven weeks and then I have to be home for like a month. So that's kind of why we're only part-time right now. And then the whole, I mean, it's interesting that you brought up the whole, how people have like a homestead. Um, what I would, we're trying to decide, do we sell the house? Cause we own it. We could rent it out or do we sell it? Obviously get a bigger RV. We want one anyway. And um, maybe buy a plot of land. That way you do have a place to park it if you want to stay for a while. So would you do a, would you keep like a plot of land in Michigan, but then maybe have like a little studio where you could still do your client work if you wanted to, or are you trying to get out of the, the client work altogether and not be strapped to a location? Well, if my clients hear that, they're going to hate me because <laughs> I do want to change careers. That's what I'm trying to work on right now. Um, <clears throat> but I'm thinking a plot of land in Michigan, like maybe more north, because right now we're in Metro Detroit, and I absolutely hate the city. And the more and more we go out, I'm like, ugh, I just want like a wooded area <laughs> away from humans. So, um, and plus we have a lot of family in Michigan, so I think having a plot of land there would make the most sense, um, especially just to go back for like summers and stuff. Gotcha. So the six to seven weeks, that's how long coloring lasts. Is that what I'm picking up for your clients? Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah actually. Yeah. And I kind of got them all condensed, fully condensed in a group. Nice. <laughs> it works out for me. <laughs> no, that's actually really cool. I mean, it's funny. I think the one thing that I do learn talking to people when there is this, you know, hybrid lifestyle, it usually is, is there's a little bit of a connection 
financially to go back home and whether it's, yeah. you know, someone's remote, but they've got to do, you know, one month out of the year in the office for whatever reason, then they go home mm-hmm. and kind of, so that's interesting that that's what you kind of have to, to work through. Um, yeah. Yeah. So career change, what would you, well, we'll get into that actually when we talk about work and stuff a little more, but um, what has your travel schedule been like? So you're basically, you're in Michigan for how long? And then you hit the road for six, seven weeks. Yeah, just about. So, I mean, we're probably out maybe almost half the year. Um, I think last year we hit 15 states, which oh, was nice. pretty awesome. So Yeah, yeah if, you're, if mean, you're in Florida, you, you do travel pretty far, which is nice too. A lot of times people stay, yeah. you know, within like the neighboring states or one state over. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I love exploring and going to different places. So, I mean, we've been at this campground quite a bit, um, but... Because it's, I want to see maybe like 14 hour, 15 hours from home. So we can break it up into two days. Right, right. And we were supposed, we were supposed to be here a little while ago, but, you know, RV repairs and tire blowouts. <laughs> That's right. always fun. <laughs> yeah, what I refer to as RV life. <laughs> like yeah, every, yeah, every, you know, I mean, a, a brick and mortar home requires maintenance. So does one on wheels. <laughs> I, I love that you said that because it is funny and you probably see it too in the groups where, you know, people are just losing their mind about, you know, something going wrong with the rig. And I'm always like, I had things go wrong in my bricks and sticks. Like it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's one of those things. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't honestly believe what we're driving is manufactured for us to be living in. You know, they've really, oh. yeah. <laughs> So they're basically like stapled together. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like driving an earthquake, you know, every three days in this thing, basically, if your house was, you know, it's like a 7.2 earthquake, the house has to go through. Right, yeah. It's you know, the- you lose covered doors. <laughs> right. Well, the bench might fall apart. Right. Happens. So this oh, might man. be a, a difficult question being a hybrid, but you know, it, it's something we can try to work through. So, before, you know, specifically, you know, buying the rig and then heading out, if your old budget was a hundred dollars a month, what is this new kind of monthly budget, you know, adding this aspect to it? Well, what I find interesting is like when we're out for a while, obviously your house bills get smaller, like electricity, water and everything. So Mm -hmm. it kind of like works out pretty well. And like, we don't have a mortgage because we own our house. So we do have the flexibility with that, which I think we're really grateful for. So it hasn't been too difficult to budget for. And when I think about going full time, you know, cause I just did tax season stuff and I was just adding up like all of our monthly bills and like what we actually spend at home. And I realized like when we are home, we're just buying a bunch of crap. Like it's just stuff, you know? And I realized like when we're on the road, we just get like the necessities that we want, you know? So I feel like once we do full timing, it's not going to be too terrible to budget. So I'm still kind of in the process of, you know, figuring all that out and whatnot. So you don't rent the the home at all while you're gone or Airbnb it. It's just staying empty until you get back. Yeah. Cause it's only like, you know, a good six, seven weeks at a time. So, yeah. so gotcha. we got all our stuff in it, but we are in the process of downsizing which is kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but I, I think you might be the first person I talked to with, I mean, there's probably people that just haven't got into it with a zero mortgage and then, you know, what Mm -hmm. that really does. I mean, it it really doesn't add or take, it's not like you're paying a mortgage and being away from it, which would be a different pill to swallow, 
you know. Oh, completely agree. Definitely. Yeah. yeah and I, that's, In that case, we probably would rent it out or something because that would be, you know, yeah, definitely a bug killer. <laughs> without a doubt. So let's talk really quick about the, you know, the, uh, the want to, to go full time. Um, I think it's, it's interesting that I think there's a season of full time. I mean, I mean, kudos to people that do it 10 plus years or, you know, I mean, we did it five years and that was kind of hitting the, it would be nice to have a place to kind of go back mm-hmm. to for a couple months and not have to pay, you know, $2,000 to be six feet from my neighbor a month kind of a right. thing. Um, <laughs> so what's the, the bug for you guys to go full time? Is it just not having to have to go back or, um, is it really just that, you know, hey, we want to travel completely full time? Uh, yeah, I just want to experience it. I kind of get cabin fever. Like the more we're out and I go home, I'm like, I'll be two weeks into just being at home and it drives me absolutely crazy. And it's just, I just have the bug to like explore, you know, and you only live once. So I just want to see as much as we can see and like do as much as we can do. And in, I mean, I love adventure and mountains and ocean and I love it all. So I just kind of want to take it all in and guess until I'm sick of it and want to settle down. And, and plus, I mean, I don't necessarily love Michigan. We just have a lot of family there. And I think it'd be a great way to kind of explore to see where you would want to like root yourself. hundred percent. I mean, I, I think it's funny that people ask me all the time, why Oklahoma? And I, I didn't really have like a state in mind. I just had, mm-hmm. you know, some criteria. I wanted a lot of land, which we got, and I wanted it to be fairly inexpensive, and I didn't want a lot of red tape to be able to do things. And that's what happens in some of these, you know, rural kind of areas. And I, I think most states have this, as long as you're buying, you know, a decent piece of land. But the other part that was, you know, a huge thing is I wanted to be able to bring the RV onto it and live in the RV during the process, which a lot of places will tell you that's a no-no. And, uh, wow, you're yeah. kidding. Even when you buy the property? like Yeah, there's so what I learned, what I thought was interesting, I learned this a couple of years ago. In most states, I mean, don't quote me, you know, check with your state and your county and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But if you're over 40 acres, it's really the wild, wild west. I mean, here in Oklahoma, because we purchased 240 acres, my only two real rules are I can't build anything within 15 feet of my fence line, which, you know, 240 acres, why am I trying to encroach, you know, on the fence line anyways? And the only thing I really have to get permitted is my septic. And they just need to come out and make sure it's the right soil for, you know, a leach field or, uh, I always forget what it's called, but the the sprinkler system, which we have. And Mm -hmm. um, that's it. And so like, you know, coming from California where you had to get a permit to put, you know, one of those low sheds in your backyard you had to get a permit it's kind of crazy. i mean it's crazy and scary too because it's kind of like wait did the house i'm buying did anyone check it (laughs) you know what i mean when you're buying a house on you know large land like was this just you know where two uncles came over with some beer and they built it and i'm buying it yeah so there's it'd be nice if there was maybe not the permit process but definitely someone coming by and approving it for you as the consumer that you know things are getting done right, but not having to ask permission to put a window in, which I've heard is, you know, the case in some places. You literally have to yeah, get permission to uh, put a window crazy. in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's cool that, I mean, once you're open to moving out of a state, and especially being an RVer, because I, I think a lot of people don't understand this. The family is a big, I don't want to say trap, because that sounds terrible, but it is a big hindrance from, like, moving. And I always thought, well, you know, if you have an RV and you move and you build a homestead, 
one, they can visit you. And two, you can just jump in your RV and go back and visit them. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. And then it's Yeah, I mean, that is the hardest part, like family or like if you tell them like, hey, I want a full-time RV, they think you're absolutely out of your mind. But (laughs) (laughs) like, no, it's what we want to (laughs) do. It it is getting a little better because I really do feel like, you know, since like 2016, it's gotten a little bit more commonplace. Um, But I feel like it's really moved into where it's like, it's like a younger person's thing, which I wish it was. I wish more 20-somethings were doing it. I think it's a great time to learn the life lessons you learn uh, from this lifestyle. But it's funny to me that, yeah, when you mentioned the family, especially someone like me that was in my late 40s at the time, it is like the the what? What are you doing? Like, it makes no sense. (laughs) Right. And plus, I feel it because, I mean, like our family, you know, obviously they're very close. And but like there's so much technology where you can connect no problem. Mm -hmm. So it's not like like, oh, I'm going to be gone, never see you again in some way, you know. So it's just. I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. And, and again, like I've had an argument with a friend that's back in California, kind of struggling. And I'm like, you know, if you moved out of California, because he could work anywhere, you know, he's, he mm-hmm. sells his art online. I'm like, you're not stuck in Los Angeles and um, it's family. And I'm like, but bro, the amount of money you would save, you could literally fly home and rent and probably an Airbnb on the water and like have the whole family come out for like a week and you're switching it from, quantity time to quality time mm-hmm. and it's one that's and I was like why don't you just talk the entire family to moving why don't you guys buy a town somewhere and you can all be together <laughs> you'll all save a lot of money and life will be better it's so funny to me that people are so like they do they get stuck and that you know that's more of what the root means and rootless is not to be stuck and mm-hmm. people get stuck for the weirdest reasons um all right let's move on to work we talked about a little that your hairdresser that actually has to go back home, um, which is interesting. I bet you there are some people that feel like that's their career, so they couldn't do it. So you've already squashed that. But when you say that you would look at making a transition in your career, what do you think you would want to move to that would allow more of a remote kind of lifestyle? So basically, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of want to be like a barbecue gypsy. Like I cook, I love cooking. Um, and you know, I think I'm okay at it. And that's kind of what my Instagram revolves around. I'm trying to get into more social media stuff. I have some ambassador, um, ambassadorships and stuff with grills and charcoal and I absolutely love it. And it's definitely my passion. And I try to take camp cooking, um, and like, you know, elevate it a little bit. Um, you know, making, making it look pretty. And it's not just like a hot dog on a stick or burgers every day, you know, kind of taking like putting a little gourmet twist on travel cooking basically yeah because it's funny I do see that in a post a lot of times where Mm -hmm. it's like what can we make besides you know hot dogs and hamburgers like that's the the go-to do you ever watch uh it's on YouTube and it's called meat church no I might have to make a little note and check that out yeah so it's a guy that um I always think this is really interesting in the content creator space so he's he's product first he makes a lot of the like just basically the spices and the things that you would put, you know, on the meat. And, um, but he does these recipes and I've really enjoyed watching it because, you know, if you have the right kind of smoker and the right kind of grill, Mm -hmm. you can pretty much do all this stuff. But I mean, obviously what he's doing is he's showing recipes to sell his spices. Um, 
which okay. is fine. I mean, a lot of times he's like, you don't have to buy my crap. You can, you know, just make your own salt, pepper, garlic mix and, you know, right. you can season it yourself. Um, but I do, I like his style and, and I do, I mean, I've obviously seen quite a bit of your content too. And I think there is an actual real need for that. I think people, especially full-timers, we get stuck, we get stuck in mm-hmm. weird, like food ruts. Um, and being outside and barbecuing is actually really cool. So one of the things I like to dive down in is, is the goal like a, like a recipe cookbook kind of a thing? Is that the goal you think? I started a blog, but I need to get, put more time into it, but I do have some recipes up. I'm just trying to figure out how to monetize and whatnot. Um, Mm. But you kind of got my brain working about the whole selling spice things. (laughs) So thanks for that. Um, So yeah, I want to try to come up with some, some kind of like shop for things. Um, I would love to maybe find a company to hire me on for like social media postings or something of the lines. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, right now I'm just trying to make as much good content as possible. And, you know, that's another thing I love about traveling. I'm experiencing so many different kinds of foods and whatnot. Um, like I'm in Florida right now and I'm obsessed with this seafood uh, market down the road. (laughs) So every time I'm here, I swear that you probably think I'm a regular, but, um, yeah, it's kind of fun because it kind of opens up my palate and I get to experience like different foods and experiment with them. And I am a sucker for farmer's markets because I believe wherever I go, you should shop local um, to support the community that is allowing you to be there. Um, So it's kind of fun to kind of throw around like a farmer's market meal. I'll go and be like, what can I make today with whatever is here? So, um, and I'm thinking about maybe starting a YouTube channel kind of based on all that kind of stuff. So. I like it. So I, I'm, I'm an ideas guy and listening to you what, and there's again, just an idea. I think it'd be fun if you're in a local area and there is a local cuisine to go to the restaurant and order it, you know, take photos, maybe in video, but then go back and duplicate it. Oh, totally. And I've done that before. I yeah. love going to restaurants like, Oh, what is this? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> How do you make it? And then even like almost do a price comparison because um, oh, my, idea. my partner, Nikki loves, I think it's restaurant impossible where they go in. But one of the things I like when it's on is listening to like the food cost. And it's like, you know, this dish is two ten, and we sell it for $14. And I'm like, wait a minute, I could have made that at home for two ten instead of $14, you know? So instead of $28 eating out, we could eat for like four or five. So I think those things are really interesting too is, you yeah, know, that's a, that's a great idea. Definitely. The, the cost breakdown, and especially cause I think it, it, the thing I like about kind of that idea is, you know, like I'm not a big, you know, Tex-Mex just because I live in Los Angeles and I, I'm a big believer that Los Angeles Mexican food is actually better than going into Mexico. I know there's some people that disagree with me, but some of the food in LA, especially, you know, the Mexican cuisine is just like none other. That it, That's what makes me homesick is that I can't, you know, find good Mexican, especially, you know, like here in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, no, I see that. I actually lived in California for a year and there was this little Mexico, Mexican place like right on the corner called Diego's and they had, it was seriously so addicting. It was so good. Yeah, we had a, we had a taqueria that was right next door to like a, a pet crematory. And so we always made that joke, but we were like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care what's in this. These tacos are so good. And we would get like, oh you'd buy like a I'm dozen, you'd, you'd buy like a dozen street tacos and you would get one that's like beef tongue and we would all eat it and no one would know he's, who's eating the cow tongue. And 
Sometimes. None of that really tasty stuff. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, that's funny. No, I think it's actually, you know, a really good idea because I think that is one of the struggles. I even think for, you know, weekend warriors is, you know, even if, if you have a really great setup where your rig is on your property and you have everything that you need in your rig to go, the one thing you're always going to have to buy is food. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, maybe the, the, the condiments and the spices and seasoning and things like that are in your rig, but the stuff that, you know, that needs to be pretty much fresh, you're headed to the grocery store, you know, before you hit the, the camping trip. And mm -hmm. so food is a big part of it. So I, I like, I like where you're going with this. I think it's actually something you probably really could transition, especially within YouTube. I mean, check out me church. I think what he does is, is really good. And obviously he's trying to sell stuff and it's still really good. And so, no, that's awesome. Thank yeah. you for the suggestion. Pretty excited. Yeah. And I mean, if you're ever in Texas too, you should definitely go by and check out a spot. It, I've, I've seen so many people. I went down this whole rabbit hole cause I want to start, you know, like getting into barbecue myself again, really into, I've never really got into smoking and, you know, buying like an actual smoker and, and really mm -hmm. learning these, you know, 14 hour cooks and that kind of thing. But, um, I was blown away about how many people actually use his spices when I started going down the rabbit trail. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is, this is a guy that a lot of people like his stuff. Um, oh, that's awesome. So not that you need my stamp of approval or anything like that, but I think it's actually a really great idea. And hopefully, well, hopefully, thank you. I'll, I'll take your stamp of approval. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I will. There are people I talk to. I'm like, oh, that's a terrible idea. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's pivot. We need to pivot. And I, well, let's I work on that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. People really need to, I don't, even want, I don't even want to give a bad idea in case someone's listening and that's their idea. But I will say this, folks. Uh, I did think getting in a stranger's car was a really bad idea. I thought renting a stranger's home was a really bad idea. I thought strangers bringing you food to your house is a bad idea. And, you know, Uber and bad idea. all these Airbnb, all these billion dollar companies are just built on really bad ideas. So uh, <laughs> don't trust me for it. Um Okay, so when you're not traveling and when you're not working, uh, what's something you guys like to do for fun? What's your kind of explore hobby? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I guess it does tie into nature stuff. Like, I don't know. I just love hiking and being active, being outdoors. So the whole, like, camping thing is right up my alley. So I don't know. Um, Kayaking. I love kayaking. Mm. Um. I try fishing. I'd like to actually catch a fish I can actually cook because they're always super tiny. I'm doing something really wrong there. I have to really figure it out. Um, yeah, I mean, just that kind of stuff. Did you do a lot of that back home before you? Well, I mean, you were you were kind of a weekend warrior, so you were making time for that. But it's, I've noticed that when people hit the road, it feels like their activity level spikes. Like it's almost like, Hey, we're here. We should be doing something because I've gone on hikes that, you know, living back in Los Angeles, I just never would have gone on. We had those hikes in LA. I just never went on them. But once you're on the road and you're like in Zion, you're like, okay, I got to do this. Um, True. Yeah. You know, do you notice an uptick from, you know, previously going, you know, half time to this? Oh, absolutely. Cause, um, when we're out, I specifically try to find like the best hikes, the longest ones, the toughest ones, um, when we're actually out. Cause I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> Metro Detroit, Michigan doesn't really have a whole lot of like nature and hikes and stuff. And it's really flat. You know, I love the challenge of the hard hikes and whatnot. Right. 
don't know. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I've noticed for me, I got way more active, uh, especially in the first like, you know, three or four years. We, we had kayaks. We went on hikes. Uh, I think electric bikes became kind of a, a game changer when you went into like national parks and or if you just oh, want yeah. to go into town. Like it's all of that is just stuff I just never would have done back home you know and and that's where i mean like the monthly budget thing i always like to talk about because even if it's more than your previous life the the added experiences are crazy like i don't even know how you quantify that you know that if it's 30 percent more but you're doing you know 400 percent more exploring and getting out and doing hobbies and seeing stuff like it seems money well well spent oh absolutely um because you're spending that like, like I was saying, like when we're home, I just realized we just buy stuff, you know, cause we're home, you know, like, Ooh, patio furniture, this, or I want this for the kitchen. It's like, I have a whole drawer of crap. I don't need. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather spend my money on experiences and like just live in life, you know? Yeah. I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't put in their budget. Um, I read this book years ago called money drunk, money sober. And their challenge is you write down everything you spend and this is before like, you know, ATM or if you wanted to, you mm-hmm. could really track it. But you write down everything you spend. And for me, which is kind of funny, the one area that I, you, you're supposed to write down your budget first and you do this for a month. And the one thing I didn't realize is the amount of books and magazines I was buying. Hmm. Like it was probably 250 bucks a month that I just wow. didn't, I didn't even have in my budget. You know, I mean, I had the library for it and I don't know why I didn't just subscribe to the magazines, why I paid full retail for them. But it was one of those things where I was like, man, I'm just collecting all this stuff. And then now I'm sitting at a desk that's stacked with magazines again and saying, wow, okay, so that part of me never changed. <laughs> that stayed the right? same. <laughs> that's too funny. <laughs> at, least the, at least the space is smaller, so you can't put too much stuff in. That's the problem with like having a home. It's like when, when we are going to try to start something, I'm like, why do we have all of this stuff? Like, this is ridiculous. Or thinking you need to save on save things that are like, oh, but I don't want to get rid of this. And it's like, really, what's the point? Like, if it's out of sight. It's out of mind. Like, you don't really need it. So I'm kind of, the more we travel, the more I realize that. So it's a little easier for me to purge things. Yeah. And purging, I mean, especially people that go full-time, like where they're selling the house and they're jumping into an RV. It's amazing how I feel like everyone that I've interviewed, especially couples, for one, and it's not always who you think it is, for one, it's very difficult to get rid of this stuff. And for the other, it's like, oh, I'm so glad we're getting rid of all this stuff. And, I know where we're at with that, to yeah. be honest. It's so I mean, easier for me. I mean, we were going through our closets. I was like, first step, we're going through our closets. I had no problem getting rid of so much stuff. I'm like, I don't wear this. I don't need this. I can donate it. Someone can use it. And then I think my husband got rid of maybe three shirts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. I think I, I learned... In 2014, I moved and I really thought I'd downsize. And then I had to move again two years later. So around 2016. And I remember there was so much stuff in that move that I hadn't used since 2014. And then when I hit the road a year later, um, and I just started really obviously purging because I was leaving and I wasn't leaving a storage unit. And I got lucky Mm -hmm. enough that I could take like two totes of like family heirloom stuff and put it out of my parents' place. Um, But it was amazing the amount of stuff that I've had since 2014 for those three years that I'd never used that mm-hmm. I just was holding on to for the same reason that you're talking about. It's so weird to me. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, something I probably should have asked in and around the barbecue, and so we'll we'll back up a little, is give me a recipe that you really enjoy cooking that you think, um, you know, RVers would enjoy that maybe they're just not thinking about. Oh, my God. Well, what was it? Yes. No, not yesterday. Yesterday I made fish. Um, The other day, seafood boils. They're so easy, especially if you're, like, somewhere tropical. Um, I've done it on the barbecue. I've done it on the campfire. You know, it's just it's super simple. <laughs> Explain what that is, just in case people don't know. So, yeah, true. Okay, yeah. Here I am, like, oh, just make a boil. Um, So it's pretty simple. I went to the seafood market. You just need, like, corn, potatoes, um, andouille sausage. I got um some shrimp. And I mean, you can really put anything you want in it, but I did shrimp mussels. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, and crawfish. God, I'm a sucker for crawfish. I never knew that until I started traveling, to be honest. Nice. But yeah, so, um, you know, and I did Old Bay in like Creole seasoning, um, beer, broth, bay leaves, some herbs, parsley. And you just let it go and it's so delicious. <laughs> it's so good. Nice. And it's easy, you know, and you can feed a lot of people. Yeah, it's actually, is it, I, I always worry a little bit about leftovers because I was never a big leftover guy and my mom's allergic oh, to, <laughs> yeah, my mom's allergic to shellfish. So we never really had, you know, like leftover seafood. Like when we and my dad wanted shrimp, like we had to like sneak out of the house and not tell her because she felt like even if we came back with it on her breath, she'd end up dying. Um, oh my God. <laughs> but how, how does, how does that work for leftovers? Is, is that good? Or is it like, Hey, you just need to kind of plan out what you guys want to eat that night and then just pound it. You don't want to try to reheat it. Definitely with seafood. I don't prefer reheating it. I, okay. I don't. So I've gotten really good at trying to map out like how much is good for two people. I used to really suck at that. <laughs> like when I'd cook people, like how many people are you cooking for? I'm like, Oh, just me and the husband. But I've gotten a lot better at figuring out how much we both can eat. And yeah, so there's a lot less waste. So I can cut down a recipe in half, no problem, which is really easy and, and whatnot. So yeah, I always was really upset when I would buy some terrible, you know, prepackaged meal and it'd be like me and my son would eat it. And then I, you know, while eating, you're looking at like the box and it's like feeds a family of eight. And it's just <laughs> me and my boy that just ate it. I'm like, who's this family of eight that ate this? Like, who's what? And, How is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. But that, that could probably explain a lot of my weight gain. It's just me and my son eating like eight and he was probably 160 pounds at the time. That's, That's okay. Sure. I think I can smash like a whole large pizza myself. So it's <laughs> no shame. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I will. Uh, I like when they're like, do you want a small or a medium? Like, what are those? Like, why, right. why would you even offer that? Um, well, I'm excited for people to find you and uh, find some of these recipes. I mean, uh, granted, if someone wants to get their hair styled, you know, once every seven weeks in a certain area of Michigan, you can look to her too. But where can people find you and, and uh, kind of see what it is that you're doing and what you're cooking? No pun intended. Yeah, totally. So I am on Instagram for the most part. I am starting up a uh, YouTube handle. Um, hope I'm kind of hoping today I actually make my first video for YouTube. But um, you can find me definitely on Instagram with my other links um, at Time and Timber. So it's Time as in the herb, T-H-Y-M-E dot and dot Timber. So nice. I remember. Cool. Yeah. Remember, folks, you didn't have to try to write that down. I'll have it in the show notes, so you can just go down there and click it. And if this got shared on Instagram or Facebook, there should be just a, a quick click-to link for you to be able to to find her. And um, 
yeah, I'm excited about that because I actually think that's something that's definitely needed in our space. And, you know, it's funny. I'm also one of those guys, too, that loves loves the show Fixer Upper, um, but hates that Joanna's cooking more than she's fixing places. Like, <laughs> I want her to go back. Like, stop the pivot. Go back. And I know she's doing her thing. This is what she loves. But it's like, can you just go back to Chip and start making some properties again? I miss that. But I think I think they blew up Waco so much that there's not fixer uppers anymore kind of a thing so well i really appreciate you coming on the show hanging out sharing your story i know people can uh see actually some of your recipes in some of our magazines i know you've Mm -hmm. been featured there which is really great and i I might even link that down below to folks if you want to see some of the stuff she's done for the magazines but definitely go check her out give her a follow this is probably uh not coming out for another month so folks Go to YouTube. It's a month from now. She should have created at least one video, right, Christina? Can we hold you to that? You think you'll have a video up in the next month? Well, you're definitely holding me to it, so I'll get on that today. Awesome. So I will actually, uh, once I hear back from her, I will link that first video in the show notes as well, too. So you can go directly there and see it. So the clock is on. You've got 30 days to do your first video. (laughs) I'll take the challenge. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Another great episode. Big thank you to Christina for coming on the show and sharing her story. You can connect with her by clicking the links on the show notes. Hopefully she has produced her first video up there on YouTube. You can go there and show her some support there as well. Now, don't forget to grab your copy of Rootless Living Magazine at rootlessliving.com. And please share this podcast with family and friends. It's a big help in growing the podcast. Until the next episode, stay rootless.